everyone, and welcome to this episode of Soul Quest. We have Tiana Roser on today, and an amazing conversation. Another amazing yes. conversation. Yes, of course. Uh, they they all are. All of everybody we interview is just very interesting people. But yeah, yeah. she definitely uh, had me just I didn't say much you know because I was just too busy trying to listen to what she was saying and she was just so on cue with everything that she was saying like every I can't believe like I can't remember what I did yesterday but she was like talking about all these detailed things about her past and I was like man you got a good memory to to remember all that (laughs) yeah I think when it comes to like deep spiritual experiences like that it's easier to remember right because it's kind of like a those are all stepping stones into how she got this deep on the path of the spiritual path and where she is. So I I really uh, am glad that I got to have her on here. I had past life regression and hypnosis with her a couple of years ago, and it was pretty amazing. Opened myself up to a past life I had where I drowned and other things that happened in that past life, um, I believe was in Ireland. And uh, it was really neat because when I was in under, you know, hypnosis, it really wasn't like what we typically, th- like we said in the podcast, it's not what we typically think of as like, you can't really, you have no idea what's going on. You're just, you wake up and you're like, what happened? I was fully aware what was going on, but my, my like soul was giving answers that I wasn't even thinking about. So it's really good to have a past life regression hypnosis therapist there guiding you through all of that um, because it helps you, you stay focused on what you know, you're just doing in the moment and you don't kind of get off task. So um, I really suggest it for everyone to try if you're open to learning about your past lives. Yes, I wanted to try it. One of these days, uh, I need a guide. I always feel like I belong in some eras of time. Uh, a lot of it has to do with like the 20s. Uh-huh. You know, something about that era, I feel like I belong there. So something has uh, got me in that that time frame yeah it would be interesting to have her on again and and to talk deeper about all the soul contracts and old souls and new souls and get deeper into that that would be fun sure sure for sure i look forward to a part two with her for sure (laughs) all right so guys we would love if you like this episode we would love if you'd share it with a friend leave us a review it really helps us keep going and what else we have oh yeah don't forget about our Yes, be the change retreat in March. Next March, love for you to join us. It's going to be a a time of healing and renewal, and we would love for you to join us in this mission of starting a ripple effect around the world of positive change. Yes, if you're interested, click on the link in the show notes. All right, right. talk to y'all soon. Welcome to Soul Quest, episode 34. I am super excited about today with Tiana Roser. Thank you so much for being here, Tiana. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Tiana is a a past life regression hypnosis therapist, right? Mm -hmm. And a Reiki master. master. (laughs) (laughs) And this is how I know you because I went to your clinic to get past life regression therapy that's how I met you and then I came back a few months later to do your uh, Reiki training level one so um, you are the only one that I've done past life regression therapy with and the only time I've ever done it Um, it was my first time and only time and so it was very awakening for me (laughs) and I definitely suggest it for people and so I've been following you since then this is a couple years ago I've been following you and I saw that you wrote your you published a book and I was like, oh my gosh, we have to get her on our podcast because I want to talk about all kinds of spiritual, metaphysical energy kind of things. And I listened to your podcast that you did. I think it was Fit for Joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recently. And I was like, oh man, I love this conversation. <laughs> so here we are. I, I read almost, I got this book last night. Look at all my tabs. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I read most of it today and I, there's so many things I want to talk about, but I know we're only going to get to just half of those things. So I would love to start off since I've had that experience with you with past life regression, 
-hmm. I would love to start off with that. So um, past life regression therapy, I mean, some people don't believe in past lives, but when I remember when I went into your office, you told me that you've actually had people come in that didn't believe in it, but after they did it, they did, they believed in it, right? Yeah. You don't have to believe you could just, you just have to be open to it, you know? And I even know um, some other practitioners, you know, when I went to hypnosis school um, and the way that the teacher presented it was like, you know, you don't as a practitioner even have to believe in it. You could be open to it from the perspective of um, any, like if I were to ask you to tell me, a, you know, make up a past life of yours, uh, whatever you would say to me would tell me so much about you, right? Like, why did you choose that story over any? And so some, some hypnotherapists kind of come from it from that perspective is like, oh, you're telling this healing story that will, you know, work through some of your psychological stuff. Now, of course, I, that's not the perspective I come from, but it's, it's fine. It works, you know, for some people, if you're not open to it, you know, you can come to it from that perspective, but a lot of people will have experiences that are so real or realer than real kind of thing, you know, it's like greater than what you experience here. That kind of makes them feel like, oh, that's beyond what I've even experienced, um, you know, in this life that kind of sort of seals the deal for them. Right, um, such a great experience to have for somebody and op opens up their mind and their heart. So um, what I have a question about is when you're doing hypnosis in general, I, people tend to think of hypnosis as, I know growing up, we were conditioned to think hypnosis was, you were definitely you know, not in control of your mind. Things were happening and you had no awareness of it, right? But I, when I went in to see you, that's not what hypnosis really is. It's like a deep form of meditation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, but I've heard of people that have actually not, aren't even aware of their, their therapy. Like when they went in and they got they're like totally went out and they can't even remember anything that happened. So yeah, there's a, a smaller percentage of people go like really, really deep and go out. Mm -hmm. Um, so that does happen, you know, um, but uh, it doesn't need to happen. And that's not the majority of people, you know, um, I think of it like it's people that can really um, trust, relax, allow, let go or open themselves or for whatever, you know, different reasons. Some people naturally just go really, really deep, um, but you don't need to. And it's not always beneficial to. Um, so if it happens, then, OK, that's how it's meant to happen. Um, but it doesn't need to happen that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's so, yeah. like, they used to use this term, um, you know, oh, uh, going under, right. And like, yeah. oh, did I go under or, you know, and like, oh, we've like moved away from that uh, term. Cause it really kind of makes people think of like, when you're like, uh, what is it? Um, when you're like knocked out at the hospital, you know, mm -hmm. and you go under surgery right. and you don't remember anything and you come back and you're like unconscious, um, right. but it's not being unconscious. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so some of the terms or, you know, like mesmerism, you yeah. know, and like, oh, I'm mesmerized. Like we don't really use those terms, nor do we do the, you know, <laughs> this thing uh -huh. anymore yeah. or all of that. <laughs> Look into my eyes or yeah. any of that. So, yeah. And I, I can imagine for someone that doesn't like to be out of control of their body or mind, like me, that's been an issue for me my whole life. That's why I've never really done drugs or anything is <laughs> because I didn't want to feel out of control, you know, that kind of thing. But um, what, under hypnosis, you know, people might be scared of it because they don't want to be out of control. But really, I think there's a small percentage of people, like you said, that are able to let themselves go and be out of control. And that's actually kind of a good thing. It's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Like you can get conditioned really easily that way too. Um, I think it's all subjective, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but I really felt like my past life regression with you, hypnosis with you was very beneficial. It actually, what I came in there for to get answers for really didn't even happen. It was something else <laughs> that I got answers to that I wasn't really thinking about or, or looking for. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, God, universe, divine, whatever your higher self gives you what you really need and not what you think that you need. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I'm trying, I, you know, in my pre-talk uh, before the session, um, I've learned to kind of try to make sure to tell people that just, you know, to be open, trust that your soul knows what you need and will give you what you, you know, what's in your highest good today. So whenever somebody contacts me and is like, oh, I'd like to really experience a past life with my best friend or something like this, you know, um, I'm like, well, if that's in your highest good, then that might happen. Or if there's something else that's in your highest good, your soul's going to bring that up. So, so I'm, I'm actually really not in control. Like when I first started to do this work, I thought I was in control, you know? And so I've got my little <laughs> process. I'm going to guide my client along the way. And then my client would like veer off into somewhere else. And then I'd be like, oh, got to bring you back to the process. And that would happen a couple of times. And then I realized like, oh, their soul's guiding them to whatever they need. You know, maybe, uh, I, and I try to tell my clients this before we do the hypnosis. Now it's like, sometimes your soul uses the, the past life, like dangles it like a carrot to bring you into my office, but really you needed inner child healing <laughs> or really, you know, you needed to talk to your guide and you didn't go into a past life or there's all, there's many, many other outcomes that happen, um, but always for the person's highest good. So I ask them now, um, you know, not to have a rigid expectation of experiencing a past life, but instead to broaden that and have a intention for your highest good, which there's many things that could happen that could be your highest good versus this rigid idea of like, I have to experience a past life today, which won't be the experience for everybody. Right. I love that. So also a question I have is how, I'm sorry, Cisco, I'm taking over this interview. Do you have ask this question then your turn so inquisitive. <laughs> i'm so inquisitive please keep on i'm curious how because you do um hypnosis for like life between life right so how mm -hmm. often does that come up in your sessions not as often and i also do quantum healing hypnosis technique called qhht and that has become very popular and um i think the life between lives less like Michael Newton. Well, so both, so Michael Newton created life between lives regression, which is, um, this like four hours or long, um, session where we explore the time after you died in your last life, before you came back in this life, the time in between in spirit realm. And so you meet your spirit guide, you meet your soul family, you wow. might meet a council of elders, which is like, you know, wise beings that kind of watch over your evolution as a soul. Um, you might go to like a healing chamber. You might go to the point where you decided which body and, you know, family you were going to be born into and so forth. And uh, which is a beautiful session. Um, it's just that it's, I think it's like maybe a little bit less known now where I think um, the other session I was talking about quantum healing hypnosis technique was created by Dolores Cannon. And I think um, and she's also passed, but um, uh, her daughters have carried on the work and um, a lot of her, she did a lot of, um, uh, she has a lot of stuff on YouTube. She has a lot of videos and so forth. And I've seen her on, um, what's that channel called that has all the spiritual stuff? Oh, Gaia. Gaia. Yeah. Okay. And so anyway, because of that, I just find that in the last couple of years, like tons of people are reaching out for quantum healing hypnosis technique more than life between lives. Um, but they're, they're beautiful sessions. So quantum healing hypnosis technique, it's three and a half hours or so. And we explore a past life, but then, um, we call in, um, you know, the higher consciousness and, um, uh, the client brings in questions that they want asked and answered. And then there's a healing component. So both life between lives and QHHT, um, the client will bring in a question. So like, you know what you're saying? Like, oh, I had questions like um, life between lives or QHHT is good. If you have specific questions that you absolutely want to ask, um, then those might be, but okay. the, um, I hope I'm not confusing people with all no, these different, no. like all these different sessions. Um, <laughs> but the um, life between lives does have the prerequisite that you do a past life regression first. So like, so like now you've done a past life regression. If you wanted to, you could do life between lives. Um, okay. I see. Mm -hmm. Wow. Past, oh, yeah. I was just gonna say with the past life regression, you just kind of come in and you trust your soul is gonna, you know, take you of the many, many, many lifetimes you've lived because by the time you're interested in this, you've lived a lot of lifetimes. Cause if you were like a baby soul, you wouldn't be interested in this. You would just be, you know, interested in physicality and, and competition and, you know, not that 
you can still enjoy competition and be an evolved soul, but I mean, you would just be, you know, really focused on, on the lower chakra type stuff. Yeah. And that brings me to this part, I, this quote I underlined in your book, it says a big mistake many make is judging others as if everyone is at the same level of awareness and should know better. I love that. Talking yeah. about the age of souls and how many lives we've, we've experienced that, you know, somebody hasn't had that many lives and, and it's still growing and learning and that we can't judge them. I love that. Yeah. Either way, like there's, we, there's no way to know really. I mean, you know, you can like feel into and follow your intuition, but like how quickly we judge, you know, the homeless guy who might very well be a very evolved soul that is totally fulfilling his purpose because he came to, you know, be humble and, and just to touch people through mm -hmm. his presence and beingness. Like we don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's a good point. And I, I can, I think it might help some people, you know, to think of it that way, instead of feeling guilty that, you know, you have money and this person's living on the street. Well, maybe that's what they chose. Maybe that's what their soul chose in this lifetime. And who are we to judge or who are we to feel guilty and, and take that away from them? Yeah, yeah, that whole, um, you know, stay in your own lane thing, I think really yeah. applies to our, sort of, you know, it's like, I have to remind myself that too. Yeah, you know, like, oh, I feel for them and I feel for them. And it's like, okay, well, if, if they come to me or they show up on my path, then maybe I am meant to help them. But um, if not, maybe I'm, am I interfering or, you know, so first and foremost, um, we need to be responsible for ourselves And I've had people come in for uh, past life um, or any of these kind of types of spiritual regression that tell me like, yeah, I think in this lifetime, I really just came to help um, other people. Like, I don't think there's anything for me to learn. And I'm always just like, oh no, there's definitely something for you to learn. Like, like, yes, we can come and help other people, but we all are still, you know, or, or, oh, do you think I have karma? I'm like, well, you're here on the planet. I'm pretty sure you have karma. That's why you're here. <laughs> yes. Except for like, you know, bodhis bodhisattvas, you know, these enlightened beings that have gone through all of, you know, their incarnations and just come back to serve. But I think it's very rare to meet a bodhisattva. So I don't think I've ever met one in person. So yeah. I think all of us, you know, definitely including myself are here to grow and, you know, work through our karma and learn and all of that. Yeah. I, I tell my daughter um, a lot that, you know, we can't be perfect. And if we were perfect, that means all our lessons are learned and we're an angel in heaven. <laughs> We're here because like, we have to keep learning. Yeah, I was just like, it'd be boring. I because you know, there's a part in my in my book about like, oh, you know, you're not here to be perfect because, yeah. like, yeah, if you're already if you're already doing everything perfect and you were perfectly, you know, doing everything, then just your life is a flat line. I'm constantly telling my clients like, you know, we're here to grow, right? If otherwise, like you would not have learned anything because you already knew everything and you're already doing it right. What would be the point? We would just be these like robots kind of living out some program, right? You know, we're here to figure it out through trial and error, make mistakes and grow through that. And it feels really good to us when we feel like we've learned or we've grown. That's why we're all here on some level. We just want to grow and expand. Yes, totally. It does feel good. Cisco, do you have any questions about past lives? Keep going. I mean, <laughs> just, I, he's just soaking it up. Okay. I also, I, yeah, I'm soaking it up. I'm just like, I just like to read quotes because I, some of them are just like, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and another one on that same page that I just read, uh, you're talking about kind of like the soul's evolution through reincarnation. And you say this limited awareness is like being thrown into a dark room and trying to navigate your way. Initially, you're disoriented, stumbling around and bumping into others, harming them or they harm you. You're adapting to the physical body. Due to the veil of forgetfulness, you think you are just a body and experience the world through this very focused but limited awareness. I love that. I love that analogy of like just coming into this dark room and you're just like bumping around like what do I what do I, what do I do? Yeah, then that, you know that releases kind of the judgment, right? You know when yeah. we realize like oh okay yeah we're all just fumbling <laughs> in the dark. You know, yes. I don't know what you're doing and figuring it out and that's like 
oops, I killed you. Oh, you killed me. You know, <laughs> we can laugh, you know, about it this know, way. Right? But of course it's, you know, it doesn't feel like that in the moment, but I, I imagine as souls that we kind of like, you know, or, or when you do these like uh, spiritual regressions, um, we are like with our soul group kind of laughing, like, oh, you were playing the villain last lifetime, huh? yeah. you know, <laughs> but of course it feels so intense while we're here. Right. Right. In human form, we, it's hard, harder to deal with. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have so many, go ahead. When did you get into this? Like, yeah, tell us your journey into this. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) in the beginning, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, cause I, cause I was an atheist and I was raised, you know, I didn't have any spiritual belief, you know, cause a lot of people were born and raised as Christians and are in the United States. Um, but not me. It was just uh, raised as an atheist. And I didn't, I, I remember being told that, you know, when we die, then you're buried in the ground and your body decomposes. And it was just like, oh, I can there was like a period. I can't remember exactly how old, but anyway, when I was in elementary school, there was a period where I um, had insomnia because I was thinking about that. And I was just like, it just didn't make sense to me. How can we just suddenly, how can we have all this awareness? And then it's just all gone. And I remember, you know, cause I've, I'm always actually, I'm a very good sleeper <laughs> since then. I've always had really good sleep, but I can remember this period of time when I was little and I would like stay up at night and just like, I just can't understand how that's possible. And then of course you finally just have to forget about it and just go on living your life. Cause there's like, oh, okay, there's no answer for that. And, um, and so, you know, just did the thing that everybody does. Uh, you try to do your best in school, go to college and get good grades and do all of those things. And I never had like a passion about something the way that some people do that they know, you know, I want to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever. Um, so I studied business because that makes sense. You know, like, oh, you're always going to need business people. So, okay, study business. And then, okay, I hate numbers. So let me do marketing. This is like very logical choice. And then, you know, got the job that I thought I wanted and got in that field. And then I just hated it. I was just like, oh, this is everything I spent all these years to work towards, you know, and I was doing well and, you know, they wanted to push me up the ladder, but I was just like looking at it. And then I just felt so lost because, you know, up until that point, there was the, the next thing. And, um, there was the next thing in my career, but I didn't want to do it. So now, um, now I didn't know what to do, but it, it, you know, a piece of my, my journey, I'm not telling everybody, I'm not advocating for these things, but anyway, it was my journey. Um, so when I was in college, I waitressed, and then I ended up, um, get a job waitressing at this, um, really cool underground club, you know, and they would have at two, they would stop serving alcohol and then they would shut the doors and then reopen and then have the DJs come in. It was like this like rave scene. And so I got into this rave scene, you know, and I, and I did MDMA and I can remember because I was really questioning everything just felt so empty. Like, what's the point? Why are we here just to you know, make a bunch of money and buy nice stuff and have a title and then, you know, rinse and repeat. And it just felt really empty. Like I wasn't interested in it. Um, and it just seemed so silly, like, you know, in the corporation, all the, all the po- politics and how you had to like spend your whole day there and you pretend like you're doing something, even though, you know, you only needed a few hours to do what you needed to do, but you yeah. have to stay there the whole, like all of that just felt so ridiculous anyway. So then I do MDMA and, um, oh my gosh, like, oh, everything, every, everything's connected and everyone is so beautiful and, oh, why do I have to be anything? Why would I try to be anything other than myself it just was like I could see how you know they said that um apparently the that drug was uh they were trying to use it as a truth serum the government wanted to at some point or something I was like oh I could see how that's like the, the truth serum because you're like why would I say anything other than the truth it was yeah. just that. <laughs> and so um that I, I really do think that um, that was like opening, you know, different or activating different parts of my brain and my consciousness. Um, you know how people will be like, oh, you were hallucinating. You're on a hallucinogen. <laughs> That's mm. not real. But I really do think it's, it's kind of the opposite, you know, because this is you yeah. know, an illusion in a way. And I feel like it was like there's we talk about like the veil. People will talk about the spiritual veil, about, the you know, forgetfulness and so forth. And, and I think I mentioned that in the book, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like some of these substances, I think, you know, open the veil and then we see 
for that period of time. And then it, you know, comes back. So anyway, so that starts, so I had like my corporate job during the week, nine to five, all responsible. And then on the weekend, I would go, you know, to a rave every weekend and with all, you know, the freaks and the, you know, all the people (laughs) that the misfits and, um, yeah. So during that period, at some point, um, my boyfriend at that time, um, which is who I call Max in the, in the book, um, uh, he had uh, given me this book because I'd always been into dreams. I've always been like a very um, avid dreamer, even, you know, every day I can at least write one dream, sometimes three dreams down every single day. I have like stacks of journals. of dream. I'm like, one day when I'm 90, I'm going to just go through all my dream journals and see, you know, what they, <laughs> which I actually do at the end of every year, I, I take all my journals and I put them in order and I read through all of them. And I look for like certain themes and I kind of like summarize what this year was about. And I take that and I, um, for the new year kind of apply like, Oh, here's where I'm being led and you know, whatnot. But, um, anyway, he got me this book that was about dreams and it was, uh, I don't think he even knew he found it at this used bookstore. It was this channeled, uh, book by Seth, this non-physical being, um, that I think these books were from like the seventies, uh, this woman, Jane Roberts channeled this being Seth. So that was like my first Seth book. And I was like, Seth is amazing. Oh my God. How did she tap into Seth? You know, I want a Seth. I want a Seth in my life. (laughs) And, um, so, you know, and that was like pre Amazon and all of these things back then. Um, so I went, you know, went to that used bookstore, um, and just found all the Seth books that I could find. And I would always go back and see if there, you know, there'd be new, it's one of those kind of books that these were so cool. that just had all the stacks of books and you go into the back room and then there'd be, you know, you just have to like sit down and take book by book by book to find the buried treasure underneath, which would be these Seth Uh books. And so, so anyway, that's, um, that's kind of how I started on the journey. I found out that um, Jane Roberts, connected to uh, Seth initially through the Ouija board. And so again, I'm not advocating for doing MDMA or the Ouija board, but that was my journey. Um, So I I went out and I was like, oh, where do you buy a Ouija board? Oh, okay, Toys R Us, this is where you buy a Ouija board. Next to Monopoly, there's uh, the Ouija board. So went, bought a Ouija board, Uh, you know, Max um, was willing to try it with me and, and so that was the beginning of that journey. Yes, I read, I, I enjoyed reading about that. So tell us about Will. Yeah, okay. So uh, so Max and I are, uh, you know, first time trying the Ouija board and it's moving and I'm all excited. Yes, it's moving, um, but it's like spelling gibberish. And so every day we would like make a little time. It's moving. Okay, finally. Oh my God, it's actually spelling out words. You know, I don't know how long it took. It's spelling out words cool. Are you my guide? Uh, no, you know, are, you know, do we know each other from a past life? No. And it was just like some like random dead guy. I joked, like I call him Bob <laughs> who had like died. Cause his horse had kicked him in the head. You know, it was like, Oh, you're, you're just random dead guy. Anyway, still I was excited. Like, okay, we're talking to someone who's speaking in sentences that make sense. But Max was like, done. He's like, okay, that's, you know, not worth my time. So then when he would go to work um, and then we had a roommate and the roommate would be gone, then I would just do it by myself. And um, yeah, one day uh, connected to this being named Fanny, <laughs> that's her name. And she just told me all this stuff about Max and like how, you know, she just gave like really good information because Max was having issues with his boss. And she gave all this like past life information about why and this and that, and it was super interesting. So when Max got home from work, I shared it with him. Then he was like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. So we went back to me and him again, and we were talking to Fanny and she was, you know, bringing through some great information. But then one day I'm like, but what about me? You've got Fanny. Where's my guide? You know? And so, um, and that's when Will finally showed up. And of course he, his name is William, but he said, call me Will. And so, um, so he started and he was always really 
he's well he and fanny were both funny but will would sort of speak cryptically i was looking at you know the name of your podcast soul quest it just made me think of will because i can remember like early on i i, I thought like because if you've ever read the Seth books, like Seth comes on like in like this, like quantum physics, like really deep scientific way, he'll say all this stuff. And so I would ask Will questions and Will would be like, you must quest for this answer on your own. Oh, really? And I'm like, what? no, just give me the answer. <laughs> I finally got, you know, in touch with this like evolved non-physical being and you're just going to tell me, go find out for myself. Um, but yeah, he would kind of, he wouldn't like give me, you know, just spoon feed me stuff. He would kind of speak cryptically. And um, so I was just kind of addicted to the Ouija board. It's like, oh, now I have a way to connect to the beyond. And it's amazing. This whole new world is opening up for me beyond, you know, this flat world that I was like, felt I was trapped in. You know, I, I joke like the black and white. It just felt like, you know, like Wizard of Oz when they're in Kansas and it's all black and white, you know, and then you uh -huh. go to Oz and it's in color and they're, they're singing yeah. and they're dancing. And so it felt like, oh my gosh, now I'm in Oz and it's amazing. Um, but they told me like, oh, you have to learn how to meditate because uh, it's not good for us to connect to you this way um, through the Ouija board. We're like holding, we're bringing our vibration down to connect with you and we're holding it uh, safe here so that there's no other interference by other beings. So you need to learn how to meditate and raise your vibration so that we can communicate at that level through meditation. And so I tried and I hated it. I was like, meditation, this is so difficult. Oh my God, this is not fun. The Ouija board was so easy. And, um, you know, I don't, why do I have to work for it when I can just go to the board? So I would go back to the board and, and they totally tough loved me. And they were like, okay, we're only going to meet with you. You know, like it was like once or twice a month at this specific time, you have to learn how to meditate. And then I would go to the board on other times and nothing. It was just, it was like, just everything was just flat and still. And then um, this went on for a while. And, you know, and finally they were like, we are no longer communicating with you through the board. You have to learn how to meditate. And I go back to the board, nothing, nothing. And then I was like, so sad and disappointed. And I just felt like that whole colorful world all shriveled and went away. Um, and finally I was, I just really wanted it back. So that pushed me to keep trying to find the right way for me to meditate. And I ended up getting this, like, um, this audio that was like, it's like 45 minutes, an hour long, probably like an hour long. And it would just take me that whole hour to kind of quiet my mind. But then after that, like, I don't know, I don't know how long it took me, but, um, it's, it just got to where I really actually liked it after that hour it took to quiet my mind, then crazy, beautiful stuff would happen. That's how I started to just kind of spontaneously start going in to past lives is I, I was meditating for like, like three or four hours at a time. So it take one hour just to get into that deep state. Yeah. And then the magic would happen. I would like, you know, find myself floating through the cosmos or, you know, in just a past life and feeling energy or just different things were happening. And so I had this kind of like big knock me over the head, spiritual awakening, because that's what I needed to, to really trust and believe. I'm not like, I'm not the dip your toes in the water kind of gal. I'm like, yeah. the, <laughs> toss yeah. me in. Yeah. Yeah. And that is amazing. Wow, you remember that so vividly. Like you have so much detail about that. Like I find that amazing. Cause I mean, I used to mess around with Ouija boards, you know, early twenties, teens and I experiment with LSD and, and MDMA and, and ecstasy and smoke pot and, you know, other drugs. And like, yeah, it did open my mind. It definitely did. Like, it made me become more creative to what I do today and to push limits that I sometimes don't think I can do, but I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? Because you never know what this thing is capable of doing until you like you were saying, you meditate for three hours. I was like, wow, like, that's just like, you get in a trance and you, I get that way from exercising or like long endurance. Like I just lose it. And like, I just get in a zone and there's nothing 
like just can get in beside like I'm not thinking about anything else but just like I'm just so focused on breathing and just being in the moment of what I am doing you know and I think that's what a lot of people lack like they they lack and I said it to Sharon a lot too like just being in the moment second don't think about anything just be in the moment you know so yeah you I can tell you had a lot of those moments yeah I, I certainly don't meditate three or four hours a day anymore um but, but you I, did you know yeah like, well there's different yeah different stages you know for different things at different stages so I don't believe in like the one size fits all like everybody needs to meditate like this true, or this long true. or anything certainly um in fact I was told at some point I was told that uh, and it makes sense to me like looking back now actually when I started to meditate that long every day I was sort of um escape it was like escaping reality <laughs> it was my way of like I would like have these amazing experiences and I come back and be like ah oh, this world is so ugly why are people so cruel you know that kind of like feeling yeah. and there's like this point so there was like this happens a lot with people on the spiritual path the split right you're like oh the beautiful spiritual world oh and you kind of feel like oh I'm trapped here in the physical world and then finally and, and I see that like in the chakras the energy centers and our body is like, oh, we're living in these upper three chakras and we're avoiding the lower three chakras, you know, and so kind of talk about this in the book and it's like mm -hmm. really like, um, that's where like the more we can open our heart chakra, which connects like the upper three chakras are spiritual. The lower three chakras are more earthly and the heart connects spirit to matter or heaven to earth. And so the um, solution or whatever to that would be, you know, open the heart chakra more otherwise. <laughs> we, you know, like can get into this like spiritual egotism, which I, I was in for sure at some point, like, oh, why do those non-spiritual people have to be like that, you know, versus like seeing everything, it's just a continuum and recognizing like, oh, they're reflecting aspects of myself that I'm not accepting yet, which is part of the shadow work that we talk about as well. Yeah. I mean, your book is full of all kinds of tools and, and I like how in the beginning you were like, who am I to write a book? I mean, somebody, every, so many people have written book about the same thing, but then you were open to the fact that, oh yeah, like my voice is going to help somebody in a different way or, and, and yes, I've read, I've read many books, but there were so, and a lot of them had the same things in here, but you wrote them differently. So I was, there were times when I was like, oh, I never thought about that when I was reading your book and that with the chakras you talk about in some way how like manifesting, you know, you're, you're doing it up here, but it has to come out through your root chakra. Right. And to be mm -hmm. in the material world. And I'm like, that's what it is. That's where I'm in balance in my root chakra. Like it just, and I've been thinking about that lately. Like, I think I am in balance there and that's why I feel unsafe sometimes. And mm -hmm. when I read your chakra section, I was like, I need to work. I need to work on my root chakra. <laughs> So thank you. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm constantly, I mean, we all do. And um, particularly in the times that we're in right now, you know, yeah. the root chakra having to do with safety and security and feeling supported. And because everything in the outer world is kind of crumbling, all the things that people normally get their sense of safety and security from, um, yeah. you know, yeah. if we don't learn how to get it energetically and and inwardly, then yeah, that's gonna like make us all feel really scared and unsafe and unsupported. And so doing the energetic root chakra work can really help people in these times of instability that we're in. I mean, and in general anyway, and like you're saying, like for spiritual for spiritual people, like people who you know are on a spiritual path, yeah. Um, yeah, we often tend to like love hanging out up here. Yeah. Then, <laughs> you know, that's when it what good is it to have your head in the clouds, but not your feet on the ground, because you won't be able to, you know, right. birth into existence, you know, these things to manifest them. Um, and, and that's what we all kind of really came. We are wanting to like, we're like these light workers, right? We're wanting to help in some way. And so um, we're needing to be able to stand you know, on our two feet in a safe and right. stable supported way to be yeah. able to do that. Hey, how yeah. long did you do uh, corporate before you went solo? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Oh, before, wait, bef well, just before, I mean, you mean before I went as self-employed? Like when you or got out of was, college. Yeah, yeah, when you got out of college. So I got out of got college and then I left 
at 26, I was 26. So however many years that is like maybe five years or something. When do we get out of college? Like, okay. <laughs> I was like 17, 22. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, maybe like, I think maybe like five years or so, but I didn't go from, um, quitting. So, so I was in that corporate job. I had this big spiritual awakening and then I'm like, Oh, you know what? I need to quit this and go find myself. So I need to get away from, um, Hawaii where I'm from, where everyone I know, you know, sees me in a certain way. And so I'm going to move all the way across the U S to as far away as possible as still being in the United States. I moved to Boston because, um, my job had sent me um, on some business trips to Boston. And I thought, oh, this is a very different place from where I am and <laughs> from where I'm from. And so I moved to Boston. Um, but it was like some years before I could like fully become like self-employed and really believe in myself. I mean, I could have become self-employed back then, but I didn't believe myself. I had to, there's things I had to go through to realize um, like, oh, I can do this. So instead I like quit my corporate paying job, moved to Boston to work for a minimum wage in a cafe. <laughs> it was quite the, you know, shocking experience. I, I jokingly call those my, my monk-like years um, because um, I had grossly um, underestimated how expensive everything was in Boston because everybody in Hawaii always talks about like, oh, it's the price you pay to live in paradise. So I felt like, oh, Hawaii is like the most expensive place besides San Francisco and New York. Um, but that's not true, it turns out. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I had not anticipated how expensive it would be. And I hadn't worked for a minimum wage job, you know, in, since I was in high school. And so um basically like almost like all my money just went to pay rent and food and my tea pass, my subway pass. And, um, but it was okay. Cause I was really wanting just time freedom at that time. I just wanted to work a job that I could just go in, do my time, leave and not have it like hanging over my head at the end of the day. You know, so I worked like the six thirty to two thirty shift. So, oh, at two thirty, I'm done. Now I can go home. I can meditate. I can do Reiki. Yeah. I can read all these books. I can practice these things. And that's kind of what I was looking for: is like this kind of period of time where I could go inward and you know, and I could uh, do shadow work and inner child healing and all of these things. So, all those things that I um, work with clients now. First, I went through that journey on my own. So I kind of look at that at that time was part of cool. that. Yeah. I always like like to understand like how people did it, you know, to where you are today. And that's what SoulQuest is about. Like, how did your soul lead you? You know, you left corporate, you moved you know, away, and then you you got a job that, you know, just you didn't have to think about it. But at the same <laughs> time, you went home and just practiced your craft, you know, like you, you, yeah. you just did what you did to where you are today. Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of other hiccups along the way. Was like, oh, and then boom, she became an entrepreneur and opened her business, you know? So like I worked in the cafe, like, you know, way too long. Cause it just is very comfortable and very easy. And, um, uh, I knew like, oh, I should be doing more than this, but I couldn't like see the way forward because I, I, I couldn't imagine like starting my own business. I didn't know anybody that started their own business. So I couldn't imagine that people would pay me to do energy healing or, you know, and I wasn't, um, uh, trained in hypnosis at that point, or I, I would never have even, I can remember, like, uh, I say this in the book too, like, um, that when I read journey of souls by Michael Newton, I remember so succinctly, like that guy has the coolest job. Wow. I can't imagine like just spending your day hearing people talk about, you know, their soul's journey and like, wow, that must be amazing. Didn't ever like dawn on me like, oh, I could do that work. I didn't, uh -huh. it just seemed like so out there. So I had uh -huh. to do this whole journey. And when I was um, working in this cafe, I ended up in reading about this um, school in when I was reading a book about um, the school called Delphi that's in Georgia, this metaphysical school. And um, they had this uh, intro to channeling beginner class or whatever. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. And so I went and did this class, which was like eight or nine days. And, um, and it was so cool. It was so cool to like be around because, because when I'd moved to Boston, I really was looking for like my tribe, you know, I was looking for other people like me, you know, and nowadays, I think it's so beautiful nowadays because so many of my clients are actually fairly young, but back then, um, 
there weren't people, nobody my age seemed interested in this at all. And so I would go, when I moved to Boston, I was trying to find other people like me. And I went to like um, a spiritualist church where they, you know, would get messages from spirit. I went to like um, a Buddhist um, meditation center. I went to these different places and, and really nice people, but they were just like all retired and, you know, they just, I didn't relate to them. And it just felt like, oh, you know, there's gotta be other people like me. Um, and then when I went to the spiritual school, you know, there were some more people from across the United States or more people that um, were kind of like me. And then there's these wonderful teachers who just really embodied what I guess like I also had like the stereotype of thinking, I think this is very common that you think that, oh, like, oh, once you're on a spiritual path, then there's like rules of the way you have to be like, oh, you need to wear all white and or, or purple <laughs> or something and uh-huh. always wear crystals. Although I do often wear crystals now. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I've become the cliche, but um, <laughs> you know, and um and you shouldn't eat meat and you shouldn't drink alcohol. And I don't eat meat and I, and I no longer drink alcohol. But anyway, like all of that to say that those weren't things that like those, those choices evolved over time. Um, not because like, that's like who you have to be or supposed to be. And, and, and the teachers there, like they ate meat and, and one of them smoked, you know, cigarettes and, and so forth. And so it was like, oh, but they were like super like real, but very spiritual. And that sort of helped me. But anyway, they had said like, well, you guys have all shifted a lot through this class. So don't be surprised now that your energy's changed, that when you go back home, things in your life might suddenly change to reflect that energy. Cause everything in our life is a reflection of our energy or else it wouldn't be there. Everything in our life is in resonance with us in some way. And so as we change our energy, and this is why I love energy healing, because, um, you can work at the source level, you know, rather than cha- trying to change everything on the outside, which takes so much time and resources, you can shift your energy and then new things come into your life that match your energy. And that's exactly what happened the day after when I, so the day I got back and then I went back to work, my bosses told me like that they were closing up shop at the cafe that I'd been working at more than a couple of years. Um, and, and they had owned this, had been in their family all these years. And, um, there was no sign that they were, you know, going to sell this and boom, suddenly like, oh, we're all going to be out of jobs. And, um, so, you know, got kicked out of that, <laughs> um, but, uh, in a way, right. Cause they're, they're shutting down. But anyway, I was like in this really Zen place and I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm sure I'm going to manifest another job. And it, I did, I didn't have to go out and look my other like coworkers were all like stressed about it. And I was still in this like super Zen state <laughs> and I got three job offers people that, cause it was kind of, I joke, it's like, cause it's in Boston. I joke. It's kind of like, it was a cafe, like cheers was, you know, the Boston bar. This was like the Boston cafe where we had all the same kind of clients that came in every day or, or customers. Like, and now I'm used to saying clients, customers that came every day and we knew their order. We'd make it for them anyway came in and got a job offer. And so, so things like this are happening for all of us all the time, you know, and the more that we can yeah, focus on our frequency and our vibration, just the next thing will come. And so I ended up getting a job as a cafe manager in uh, the Boston university bookstore. And so that's like the next saga of that journey. <laughs> I don't know how much you want me to go on with the journey. There's like a lot of sagas in the journey, but I mean, but anyway. yeah. They're all, le- they're all lessons, you know, they just take you mm-hmm. to the next level. You know? yeah, I, I, I still experience that myself, you know? Like, yeah. I was I'm going thinking, through it right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. I was thinking while you were talking, I was like, this is something great for Cisco to hear because I feel like his vibration is changing and there's people falling out of his life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's just what happens. Your energy is changing and those people aren't equating to that energy level anymore. So yeah. And you'll be, there'll be a time. And I've, I've gone through definitely cycles of that for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, Oh, Oh, now I'm done with that. No, it'll happen again. Cause if, if we're continuing to want to grow ourselves, we're continuing to shift our vibration, then there will be cycles of that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a sign that we're not being stagnant. And so that's not a bad thing. And, but so then you're, there's like this letting go and then there's like a void for a while. Right. And that's like the scary place that everybody's always trying to fill the void, just anything. Cause I don't, like the void but actually if you know if you can trust the void 
then um, those new people, those new opportunities, those new experiences come in, in the right divine timing. And I've, you know, had so many experiences like that, that I totally trust it. Now, if something falls out, I know something else is going to come in, or I know the energy is shifting. I mean, that even just happened with like my business recently. Like um, I just had this one week where you know, people pay when they book. So it was, uh, I had like several people all, um, cancel their appointments and need refunds, like all in a row never has ever happened. I've just never, I very rarely ever happens. And then I had just a whole bunch of them in a row and it's like, Whoa, you know, like first you're just like, <gasps> you know, and then, but I'm like, Oh, I go back to like, Oh, energy must be shifting. You know, just let that be, let the energy shift something's opening. So something new comes. And then sure enough, like you just ride, if you ride the wave, if you, if you get freaked out, then that's the energy that you're manifesting from. But if every time, if something leaves, it's because something better is coming. It, it always works that way. It always has for Man, me. Yeah. I'll have to mm, agree with you. That's a great. That. Yeah. That's people, people need to hear stuff. It's, Cause I have a lot of friends who spaz and stress and like, what's going on? What's going on? It's like, man, just ride the wave. I was telling mm -hmm. this friend of mine, she's getting divorced and she's like, Oh, my husband's going to be crazy. You know, when we get it, he's going to be It's like, dude, you're going to have to go through that to learn. You're going to have, he's going to be an asshole to you for maybe six, three months to six months, but he'll get over it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like, you'll, you won't have to deal with them. You know, he might get a girlfriend or something, but just, you're gonna have to ride the wave out of this divorce. I kept telling her that, but it's true. Like we have to ride the wave out of certain things in our life. So, mm -hmm. and manifest and energy and all yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, Tiana, like once you go through it so many times, it's easier to trust it, right? Like, and yeah. Not freak out. <laughs> but yeah. It's like sometimes I'm really good at being like, yes, okay, I know something else is coming and I know this is supposed to happen. And then sometimes, all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, wait a second, what's going on? You know, and I have to put myself in check. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like working with um, Oracle cards because uh, I'll pull a card on it and um, uh, not like not what's going to happen at all, but like, mm -hmm. um, oh, please, um, please give me insight and guidance around what's happening right now. And I'll pull a card and it will say like, oh, you know, energy is shifting, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And so it's like, you know, you pull them just to kind of like, because yeah. there's like no way that I could, you know, be tricking myself because these cards are all facing down. So, so obviously <laughs> the fact is, yeah. you know, and so, yeah, I like to do that just um, when I need some kind of like extra validation. Yeah. I do that. I am. A, I do that, that a lot too. He knows, I do it for him do it. too sometimes. I'm like, yeah, she does it for me sometimes. And it, I, it's just like clarity to me. Like, oh my mm -hmm. God, like I need to really listen to that message, but I am, I am going through that right now. So it's just that yeah. energy of the card to what's going on. Like you have to be, yeah. you have to pay attention to it. Yeah, I think for people, you know, not everybody wants to channel, you know, your spirit guide and you don't have to, but Oracle cards are a nice kind of like quick way. I would always just say to first try to connect with your higher self energy, like just, you know, um, call in, I call in my higher self. I open to receive the love and light of my higher self and just kind of imagine opening to receive that to be in that energy and then um, shuffle the cards and ask your question and pull it that way you'll be, you know, coming from that higher consciousness energy so that's something like quick and easy that that anybody can do yeah i love that and you have a lot of great tools in your book we could be talking we could talk all night i know i feel like um, i love the parts integration technique that you have in there i'm gonna do that later either tonight oh, or in the morning i was like this is this is really good <laughs> It's so a, it's a technique things. I learned in hypnosis training. It's, um, I, I use it all the time. It's pretty much my go-to technique, whatever somebody wow. has an issue with, um, parts, parts integration can really kind of, you know, cause people come to hypnosis a lot of times for, for clinical hypnosis versus, um, like spiritual regression, but like people come because they're stuck with something, right? Like mm -hmm. they're trying to move into a certain direction or heal something or change, but they feel stuck because part of them uh, wants to change and part of them doesn't for some reason. And so it's not about like, how can I hypnotize away this? This is the bad part and hypnotize it away. Yeah. No, it's like, actually like maybe, um, part of me wants to go move to live in another country. 
and another part of me is scared and I need to find neither one of those are bad parts. This is the part that wants adventure and this is the part that wants the known and safety and security. And I need to um, find a way that both of those needs get met. There's a way moving forward to honor each part of myself. And so, so yeah, all, all the things um, that I find really helpful have to do with a lot of integrating. We're integrating our shadow, we're integrating our inner child, mm-hmm. you know, we're integrating different aspects of ourselves from other lifetimes. It doesn't make sense to try, there's no like, um, killing some part or or destroying some part or anything like that. Getting rid of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something great for people to know because we've been taught growing up in society that we need to get rid of those, the anger and the sadness and all of that needs to go away, (laughs) but no, we need to integrate it and make it come together in harmony, both sides of us. So I love that. I really like that. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to use that. So I love your book. Thank you so much for writing it and sharing it with the world. And thank you for sharing it with the world. (laughs) I'm a big fan and um, I know you came across in my life for a reason. So here we are having a chat on our podcast. So fun. Yeah. I definitely hope to connect with you again. Cisco, do you have any last Uh, part two maybe in the future like I mean I feel like we didn't cover like I've always do I have another podcast and like I do them like for an hour and 45 and like I feel like we can do that right now but (laughs) we keep this I have a million stories I know I'm always like oh I have a story for that (laughs) yeah Yeah. so uh yeah part two maybe in the future I, I really would look forward to that you know we can talk more about other stuff for sure. Great. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could leave with you telling us, are there any future aspirations, goals, dreams that you have that you're working towards? I mean, I already know book what the next book is <laughs> about. Okay. Other, other, um, uh, it might not be as appealing to some people. It's kind of, kind of like um, my spiritual awakening part two was sort of like the dark awakening from the darkness to the light where I feel like the spiritual awakening part one was like all light. Yay. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. like, <laughs> um, but it, you know, things um, talking about a twin flame, talking about a Kundalini activation, talking about dark night of the soul, talking about ancestral healing and things like that, that I think are like even like deeper levels for yeah. people are, you know, talking about ascension more. Um, but that even like, isn't going to be written till at least next year. Um, I do, I, um, got trained as a soul plan practitioner in London a couple of years ago. And I've done, um, a training with them the beginning of this year, um, all online, this, this part, second part, because of, um, the pandemic, um, called soul transformation therapy therapy. And I haven't even put it out into the world yet. Cause I just been too busy <laughs> when, once the book thing came out, my guides were like, um, book first, everything else second. And so I was like, okay, book first, book first. And I was like, super, like, I mean, I, I pushed that book out, like really, you know, from like February and then boom, it's out last month. And so, um, wow. so now I need to go back. There's things that I've uh, started that I need to go back and, you know, bring out more. So there's that. And also I wanted to make the book into an audio book using my voice, uh, speaking yeah. it. So I need to spend all Ooh. the time to do that, those recordings and all of that. So those are the upcoming yeah. things. Yeah. You should I'm do gonna... it. Do it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Well, well I yeah. can't wait to watch your journey. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. So it's so cool to be on someone's podcast that I, that I actually know and <laughs> yeah, I have worked with. Yeah. So and you know what? Yeah. I just remembered that I ran into you at that, um, uh, sound, uh, <laughs> Tina Rodriguez, uh, sound healing. Right. Remember That's you were right. behind yeah. me in line and I was like, I know, I know you, <laughs> I, I have a really life. hard, I have a really hard time, like recognizing people outside of the environment yeah. where I met them. And I'm like, and then, then sometimes I'm like, do I actually know this person or do they look like somebody I knew in Hawaii or in Boston or in California <laughs> or, you know, wherever else. So it gets really like confusing or from another lifetime. Maybe that's how I know you. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Me too. It was out of context. And I was like, I think I know, but I, I was, kept thinking like, how do I know? Oh yeah. I was like on her table and hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, well, hopefully we run into each other. I know it's times are weird. Nobody goes anywhere anymore, but um, <laughs> maybe I'll see you at another sound healing 
that ever. That would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, for so sure. Tell, so tell our, our audience where they can find you. So my website is called awakeningtransformation.com. So it's um, awakening transformation, not um, sometimes people want to add S on there. So it's just singular.com. Also um, have a podcast as well. It's called beyond the illusion. And you can find that at beyond the illusion podcast.com or also wherever you get podcasts. So, okay, great. We will check it out. Yeah. Great. And your, your book is available on your website on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon's like, you know, the easiest place to get it, but um, it's, you know, Barnes and Noble and all the other, I'm like, who are all the other books? I don't know. All the other booksellers <laughs> as well, <laughs> whoever they are that I don't remember nowadays. Cause we all just all go to Amazon, but yeah. <laughs> all right. <I> don't. <laughs> oh, you don't. Oh, cool. Where do you get I your don't... books? I, I, for me? I usually get them from Sharon. Sharon oh, find them on Amazon or ask Sharon to borrow. Yeah. 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 I, I usually pass them along to him. You yeah, she's this. like, yeah, she'll just be like read this, and then like I'll give. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. we've enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Sharon. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you. So I've enjoyed it as well. Thanks.